With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my sports in one app, like the National Women's Soccer League included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Final hour in this Wednesday. Dan and the Danettes. Dan Patrick Show looking at some of the pro football focus rankings for the entire season. Pro football focus number one quarterback this entire season. If you're factoring in Patrick Mahomes, no, he's second. Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow was ranked number one by Pro Football Focus. Then Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, and Lamar Jackson. How about running backs? Number one running back this year. You'll get this one. Marvin, you want to guess? Josh Jacobs? Yes. Bloop, bloop. Then Christian McCaffrey, Nick Chubb, Tony Pollard, uh, so that's your uh, top running backs. How about top offensive? How about uh, wide receiver? Number one wide receiver, Marv. Justin Jefferson? No. What? Oh, Third on the list, according to Pro Football Focus. Tyreek Hill. Amon Ross St. Brown is second on the list. The Lions. Devontae Adams and then uh, Stephon Diggs. How about tight ends this year? Uh, you'll get this one. Yes, Marv. Kelsey? Yes. Kittle, Mark Andrews, Dallas Goddard. Dallas Goddard had a Super Bowl. He had a sneaky, great Super Bowl. Hey, that man. Hey, that man. Yeah. Uh, let's see. How about defensive linemen? I don't know how this one is. Um, let's see. I got Chris Jones. This is interior. So, Chris Jones was number one, Dexter Lawrence of the Giants, then Aaron Donald, and then uh, Quinnen Williams. The, I guess, oh, this is uh, pass rushers. Who had the bet? Wow, okay. This one's a surprise. According to Pro Football Focus, this guy was the best edge rusher. Paulie? Not that dude from the Jaguars, is it? And that is correct. It's not that dude from the Jaguars. <laughs> Anybody else want to guess the number one edge rusher, according to Pro Football Focus? I'll give you 50 guesses. Miles Garrett. All right, Miles. Then Micah Parsons. Then Nick Bosa. Max Crosby. And then Brandon Graham of the Eagles. How about that? I uh, feel weird to hear Micah Parsons as an edge yeah. rusher for some reason. Uh, linebacker. Number one rated linebacker, according to Pro Football Focus. Number two is Fred Warner. Marvin, if you said Bobby Wagner of the Rams, you would be correct. How about that? Uh, let's see. Sauce Gardner, number one safety. I guess safety. I don't, uh, I don't know how they have the defensive backs because I got, I got Sauce... Uh, he's a corner. Um, Kyle Hamilton, the Ravens, safety. All right, that's pro football focus. Welcome to the final hour of the program. Yes, Paulie. Going back to Lamar Jackson, when you said he's the fourth or fifth-ranked quarterback in the league, PFF, yeah. Yeah. it seems like there's a narrative that he's cooled off and is not that great anymore. He, he only started 12 games, and his touchdowns, 17 touchdowns, 7 picks. It seems like there's people who are saying that he's not that great anymore, but that doesn't match the PFF. Well, he wasn't healthy. Yeah. And now you bring in a new offensive coordinator. I can't imagine you're going to bring in a new offensive coordinator, Todd Munkin, who's going to leave Georgia without him going in there and going, uh, who's my quarterback? 
Uh, how, wait, where do we stand with Lamar Jackson in the negotiations? Because I'm not leaving Georgia to go and be Tyler Huntley's offensive coordinator. But, all right, if I'm a Ravens fan, I feel pretty good about this. feel like, okay, that, that would seem like pretty positive, that you're going to bring in a new offensive coordinator. Now, the Cardinals, I think, put it out there that Kyler Murray was going to sign off on who their next head coach was going to be. I don't know if I'm going to Kyler Murray and saying, hey, Jonathan Gannon, a defensive uh, coordinator from the Eagles, is going to come over. What do you think? He's probably going to go, uh, okay, I don't know. Now, if Shane Steichen was going to be the Cardinals head coach, and he's the offensive coordinator with the Jets, and he's worked with the Chargers and the Eagles, okay, then I would run it by Kyler Murray. But I don't think they're going to go, hey, uh, Kyler, I know you're rehabbing. Uh, here's your new head coach, Jonathan Gannon, defensive coordinator. Uh, hi. I'll see you in about seven months when I'm ready to play. All right. Final hour stat of the day brought to you by Panini America, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. Final hour poll question, Seton O'Connor. Do you have something different for us? Yeah, let me update you on the ring first. Okay. Uh, if you had a your team's championship ring, uh, would you keep it and cherish it or sell it and make bank? Hmm. Sell that puppy. All right. Uh, 60% are keeping it. Yeah. All right. Unless I needed it, or is Fritzy, of course, going to the extreme that uh, Grandma needed a kidney transplant? Then I would sell the Some ring. Some kind of organ malfunction. Yeah, where it's something like that. Thousand dollars for the surgery. Yeah. Dialysis was mentioned. Yeah. Dang. Then, then I would probably sell the ring. Dang ring. All right. Eight seven seven three DP show. Email address dp at danpatrick dot com. Twitter handle at dp show. By the way, when we were in Scottsdale, we were at the uh, Scottsdale Stadium, the Giants' spring training home, and we went down on the field. Because I wanted the Danis to look at the bases that are now larger. Because even from the outfield, where we were, we were in right field, our setup. And if you're watching on Peacock, thank you, our streaming partner. And you could, like, the bases looked almost like uh, a helipad. You know, they, they just looked larger. And, and I know they are larger, but they looked a lot larger than probably what they really are in dimension. But... I was like, wow, baseball, baseball's getting some headlines here. And this isn't normal for baseball, but baseball going into spring training, and we have some new rules that you're going to have to get used to in spring training. Because once the regular season starts, if you didn't follow spring training, you'll be like, are those bases bigger? Uh, yes, they are. Man, it seems like the pitchers are pitching quicker. They are. Hey, hitters aren't stepping out as long as they used to. They are. Hey, there's no shift. You can't put three guys on the other side of the infield. That's true. They all have to be on the infield dirt. They can't be in the outfield. There's a lot of things going on with baseball. And I don't know if we look back on this year and say that's when baseball changed for the good, for positive. These are, these are drastic changes. There's a pitch clock. I don't know if it'll be shown on the Jumbotron. We're still trying to get some confirmation on that because you're going to start counting when a pitcher hasn't pitched yet, and if he doesn't get the pitch delivered in time, it's a ball. I don't know. Is it 20 seconds, Paulie? According to the new rules, with bases empty, pitchers will now have 15 seconds to begin their motion once the catcher returns the ball to them. So when they grab the ball, when it's thrown back, the clock runs. It doesn't say where physically the clock is or who's enforcing. I'm guessing home plate. 20 seconds uh, when there's runners on, so you get a chance to peek over at the runner. Okay, but there will be a ball called. It also works with the the hitters. Batters must be in a box and alert to the pitcher by the eight second mark, or we charge with an automatic strike. Like you can't stand outside the batter's box and goof around and look and do the things anymore for more than eight seconds. So I can't to... go no more Garcia Parra. Right. I can't adjust, 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 adjust. Get back in and then you know put your hand. Now can I put my hand up to the umpire to say? Uh, as I'm digging in there? That's unclear whether you're allowed to call a timeout and how many times you're allowed to call a timeout. Mm. But with normal motion, you got eight seconds to be in the batter's box. Batters who violate the timer are also charged with an automatic strike. If they yes, violate. Seton. Is there any language in here about the catcher returning the ball to the pitcher? That's kind. That could be a loophole maybe to buy yourself a little more time. 
right? Oh, okay. So it doesn't start. Clock doesn't start until the pitcher, pitcher. has the ball in yeah. his hand. Okay. Right? So maybe uh, you're waiting. You know, they do the, the no-look no hand back. Say the ball's, a ball's fouled off or something. Mm-hmm. Do that. Hold it for a minute. Maybe rub it in your hands. This and that. Buy an extra five seconds. Mm-hmm. Send it back. Okay. Hey, anything that speeds up the game... And, and there's there's a lot of areas where you can speed up the game. But keep in mind, everything's sponsored in baseball. This cold of the bullpen brought to you by Verizon. Everything is sponsored. These owners want to make money. We want to watch a game and don't want to be... And you don't... I don't think you realize it until you go to a game, how slow the game is. There's no movement. There's no filler. You know, when you're at home, there's you can flip over, watch something else, come back. When you're there... It feels like it's it's a lot laborious. It's like, oh, my God, this is forever. Now, I love a great Saturday afternoon watching a baseball game. But you also want, you want action there. And now that there's no action, nobody hits to the right side to move a runner over or sacrifice bunt or any of those things, a steal a base, there's just no movement. Now, let's speed up the game. If I'm not going to have movement, then take away that, you know, all this wasted time and space and get them in the batter's box and get on the mound and then let's go. If, if we're going to be, I'm going to strike you out or you hit a home run and that's, that's what baseball is going to be, like basketball's version of the three-point shot, I get it. But make the game a little quicker if that's what you're going to do. Yeah, Marv. Is there a limit on shifts? I'm not sure if I heard anything about Shifts. You Is have to difference? have two. You you can't have I think three players on one side of the base. Yeah, the defense must position two infielders on each side of second base, and all four infielders have to be on the infield dirt as the ball is being pitched. Um, okay, so a couple things here. Seaton mentioned if you change the shift, that seems to be advantage for the hitter because now they can't overlap one way for a hitter and take away half the field. So that would be more hits and more offense and longer games. So it may equal out. The pitching, do you think that making the pitchers pitch faster would be also a benefit for the hitter? Because that's messing with their rhythm more than the batter's hitter? Would that be fair to say? But the hitter then only has eight seconds to go through his whole routine as, right. as well. It depends. Some guys really love to pitch quick. They work fast. They want the ball. They want to go. They don't want to sit there and wait and wait and wait. And But I think that you know some guys are going to feel rushed out there. Yeah, see. Yeah, sometimes you're waiting for the third base coach to give you a signal, right? Is it hit and run on yeah. or whatever? That, you know, how does that? That certainly gets affected a little bit, too. Well, part of the eight seconds, I guess, and then jump in the box. I just wonder when, yeah, when does that eight seconds start? Is it when the pitcher has the ball in their hand? I'm going to guess it, it, it coincides that your clock starts and my clock starts as soon as I get the ball. But yeah, you know, baseball. But those bases, once again, when you watch them, if you go to a game or the first time you're watching a game, because people are making a big deal about it now because they're just seeing it. And we were there at Scottsdale Stadium. Those bases are, I mean, they're larger, very noticeable. And and so it's, what, 15 to 18? Yeah, it was 15-inch squares on either side, all four sides to 18-inch. Yeah. What's the What's the... What's the rule there? Why, why would they make the bases bigger? What's the motivation? I think that they want to uh, avoid those plays at first base. or it, it gives you a little bit more protection, I think, when uh, there's a bang-bang play, somebody's stepping on your ankle there. Um, and, and also running down the base, you know, because they never call this. When you have a little dribbler, you'll see these guys run on the infield uh, up the dirt uh, to the first base. And then you got to throw around them, even though they're actually in your your sight line there. But I, I would think that you want to. It would give you more protection uh, at second base. Somebody sliding in. I have a bigger base that I can use to protect myself if you're coming after me. I'm guessing. Yeah, Paul. They also say they're going to enforce box more often, and they said it's gotten a little loose, almost like traveling or carrying. Mm. And uh, keep an eye. It's the year of the balk. Oh, good. <laughs> Walk off. Yeah. Yes, Todd. Do these bigger bases mean we're looking at more advertising space? Like when they did that Spider-Man thing like a year or two ago, we're going to be seeing obnoxious things on the bases. They got a whole bigger easel to work with, for lack of a better word. I have no idea. I mean, it, 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 if they want to, they could put uh, Ant-Man in the outfield, carve it into the grass, I guess, if you wanted to. 
A yeah. big ant on each base, giant rubber they, ant. When they did that once, that was for the All-Star game? Didn't they have a movie? That- yeah, they slid in a Spider-Man thing down the first baseline under the base, and people lost their minds. Yeah. And that was like two, I'm guessing that was 2005, four. But we're also starting with the runner at second base in extra innings. Still. Oh, no. That's, I, I think that's still there. Yeah, they're still doing that. Yeah. Yeah, they, they start. And, uh, These are not signs of a thriving organization. No, no. These are a lot of changes. Big changes. Yes, Mark. This isn't Ken Burns baseball. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Well, this is going to be a get-off-my-lawn year, it feels like, for the uh, you know the old fan Major League Baseball. Casey Stingle is furious right now oh, from the grave. okay. All right. Casey Stingle. So are you on the lawn or off the lawn? Let me just see. I got I to gotta, I see how it plays out in real time. If guys are getting in the box, if pitchers are pitching right away. Uh, you know, we're going to get to an auto, automated strike zone here, too. That's going to happen. I still, it baffles my mind as a longtime baseball fan. That umpire has a different strike zone than that umpire. Who the hell needs your damn personality behind the plate? Human element. Call a strike when it's a strike. What, are we going to have robots back there with yeah, a human I, element? Yes, yeah, I know. We love the human element until we put humans in there and we go, what the yeah. hell? God, you're squeezing me. What are you, Eric Gregg here? What, Todd? Imagine if some NFL refs decided nine and a half yards is enough for a first down. <laughs> Others are like, it's more like ten and a half. You need that extra half yard if I'm going to give you a first down. And I know there's there, there are referees and umpires and their interpretation. You know, that guy never calls holding or that guy, if you know you drive down the lane, you're going to get the stars are going to get the fouls. I get it, but I, we give baseball umpires room for their personality. Just call a strike. What the hell is a strike and what's a ball? Shouldn't be a mystery. Yeah, see. NFL referees do this every single game. Yes, they do. Every single game they have their own version of that, whether is this a catch or not a catch, or is that holding or not holding. They can choose to call it or choose to ignore it. But we don't say, well, you've got to let you know this guy have his own personality. With an umpire... Hey, who's behind the plate? Oh, Joe West. Well, you know, he likes to call this. How about you just call a strike? <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, Paul. All right, I've been thinking about this for a while with the catch rule. Want I save it? The catch rule? Like the catch rule in the NFL, how oh. it, it's so, it gets more complicated. Oh. It went from two steps, now it's two and a half. You've got to have it for a certain amount of time. No, wait, hold on. Okay. How about I take a break? We'll take a break. Then we'll come back. But did he get a third step in? Well, that drove me crazy yeah. in the <laughs> Super Bowl. I go, you got to be bleeping me. Third. I, it felt like they just <laughs> invented the third step. I go, stop it. It's like the gather step in basketball. Uh, how about we take a break? Sorry. All right, we'll come back. Dan Patrick Show. It's been five years since we launched the Full Sail University, Dan Patrick School of Sportscasting. Five years ago this month, we welcomed our first students Gus Ramsey, I worked with for two decades at the Mothership, heads up the program on campus in Orlando. And I said, Gus, what did we get ourselves into? We only had a couple of students. And then all of a sudden, I said to Gus a couple of weeks ago, can you believe it's been five years? We have over 400 students, and we have over 100 graduates employed in the industry all across the country. I'm going to be on campus February 19th to meet with the students. Also, meet with prospective students and their parents. If you're thinking about being a sportscaster, if your son or daughter is thinking about it, this is a great opportunity. We have something called behind-the-scenes tours every month. You get to see what's going on. You get to see what Full Sail is all about. Your degree is in sportscasting. So February 19th, if you're serious about getting into sportscasting, it'll be a great event to check out the program and the university. To reserve your spot on the behind-the-scenes tour, go to FullSail.College slash DanPatrickBTS. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. 
And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat. There was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too? It's funny about a battleship. It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find. That's not just a household item. Wow, you know I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you can also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini-games, like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachenko Machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win, or Rent Frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. It is getting that time of the year. It's Miller time. You don't need a watch or a clock to tell you. It's Miller time. Weather gets a little bit warmer. All of a sudden, the beer gets a little colder. It's beer cracking season. It, it, whoa, okay. I don't know if it says that on the calendar. It's a beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters the most. It's a light beer that tastes like beer. That's why I reach for a Miller Lite. And it's less filling. Only 96 calories. They've been doing this since 1975. They have perfected it. You know, that summer afternoon, we're coming into that time of the year, be like, oh, man. Crack one? Yes, or two. Don't look at your watch. Don't look at the clock. Don't look at the calendar. You know. Miller Lite, the great taste, less filling, tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick, or you can pretty much find it anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories. For 12 ounces, fewer calories, fewer carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. They say good things come to those who wait. The Mercedes-Benz SUV family proves otherwise. Takes no time at all to set up a test drive at your local Mercedes-Benz dealer. Learn more at MBUSA.com. Holly just sent me... The catch rule, the catch language, the official language here. Do I want to do this? Do I want to burden this audience and go over the catch, completed catch or intercepted? Well, if it bothers people, this is the time to say something to maybe ever have it changed. The, the offseason. Okay. A player who makes a catch may advance the ball. A forward pass is complete by the offense or intercepted by the defense in the field of play at the sideline or, or in the end zone if a player who is inbound secures control of the ball in his hands or arms prior to the ball touching the ground and B, touches the ground inbounds with both feet or any part of his body other than his hands and C, after A and B have been fulfilled, performs any act common to the game, i.e., tuck the ball away, extend it forward, take an additional step, turn upfield or avoid or ward off an opponent, or he maintains control of the ball long enough to do so. So, for example, that, that dump pass to Miles Sanders of the Eagles. Yeah. He caught it, two feet were in, he quickly turns upfield, and then he got hit by Sneed. The ball comes out. That The rule there is he maintains control of the ball long enough to do so. Why throw that in there? But it says, extend it forward, take an additional step, turn up field, or avoid or ward off an opponent. Maintain. See, that to me was a fumble with Sanders. I mean, if you have two feet, you have the ball, and you turn up field, your third step now is important? Okay, then that's a, that was a fumble. Yes, Pauline. Here's my new version. Let's make catching much more easy. And instead of taking adding language to make great catches mm -hmm. de deemed ineligible, let's do the opposite. You need two feet in. Some people want one foot in like college. How about two feet in and you prevent the ball from hitting the ground? And nothing out of bounds matters. 
Once the player exits the field and steps out of bounds, it's like a movie going to black. Because why would any actions out of bounds factor within bounds? I know you're saying. I agree. Because remember Santonio Holmes, when he caught that one in the end zone, you were there. He tapped the toes, right? He went to the ground. If you watch him hit the ground, the ball's moving. Now, that rule wasn't in place back when Santonio Holmes did it. But imagine if that play was somehow called dead because of Santonio Holmes three yards out of bounds. He never let it hit the ground, but it was shifting in his gut area. Well, there are two calls where I, you know, the NFL lost me. Like, I, I just was really disappointed. Calvin Johnson's touchdown, he got up to celebrate. And then they go, that's not a touchdown. And I went, oh, boy, sport is, we're not headed in a good direction. And Des Bryant at Lambeau. Like, those were embarrassing. Where you're just going, Let, let's just apply common sense here. How about that? That's a catch. He tried to score a touchdown. He did catch it. Maybe you don't give him the touchdown, but give him the catch. Sorry, Cowboy fans, but this still bothers me. And the Calvin Johnson, uh, did he complete the process? They keep adding language, not subtracting. That's why the NFL finds itself in this conundrum. They're like, man, everybody complains about the officials because you put him in a position where it's so complicated. Devontae Smith caught the ball in the Super Bowl. He went out of bounds. Did he maintain? I don't care what he does out of bounds. Yes. But isn't the reason that they're adding all this language because of those incidents? What is and what isn't a catch? Like, I, I think that they would they look at... They make it worse. It's more complicated. It is more complicated, but... They doubled down. I think... The problem. I, you know, I think everybody would admit, I think even the league would admit that they got those two calls, calls wrong, right? Calvin Johnson, that was a catch. Des Bryant, that was a catch. 100%. But... I think from their point of view, there has to be a point in the process <laughs> that it becomes a catch because it, you say as soon as the ball crosses the goal line, it's a touchdown, right? Yeah. But as soon as the ball hits the receiver's two hands and they have two feet in, then it instantly becomes a catch or do they actually have to catch it? You know what I'm saying? There has to be a moment where they have control of the ball and they bring it in. Something that demonstrate, ground, demonstrates but, control. But not to the ground. Devontae Smith going to the ground. Then, then, then we put in something that shouldn't have anything to do with it. It's just, did you catch that ball in bounds? Yes, he did. What happened when he went out of bounds? Well, he, he jostled the ball a little bit. I don't care about when that. did he catch the ball in bounds though well they have to decide they'll look at that they'll go yeah he's got it right but that's why they're putting in all of this language to give them uh sort of a checklist of saying like okay yeah they did these three four things and that means it was a catch mm-hmm. they doubled down to to make themselves right like they complete the process no there's no completing the process you, that's where a lawyer goes, you know, they've got to complete the process. All right, put that in there. If you went through history, history would change in the NFL if you applied today's rules to what happened back then. If they go, that's not a catch. You know, uh, uh, Franco Harris, I don't know, did that ball, I don't know if that's a catch. Like, like, come on. But everything else in the game has been skewed in the offense's favor. Yes. Except for this one thing. You have to make sure that you have control of the ball all the way down. Well, it's, I don't, it's this one thing that they're making slightly more complicated that's like that's really just a checklist of let's try to get this as right as possible. It's the only thing in the game that's made slightly more difficult for an offensive player. Well, I'm not worried about the offensive player. I'm worried about the viewer, the fan, who's trying to understand this. And that is, is that a catch? Yes. Is that not a catch? Yes. Do you have control when he had it, you know, in the field of play? Yes. It's just Mike Pereira disagreed with the call on Devontae Smith. And he's ref friendly. And he's going, they're spending so much time that they were looking like it wasn't obvious. If it's supposed to be obvious, then it should take you seconds. Like, yeah, obviously. It's like, uh, I don't know. Can I see another? Can I see another? Okay, we're going to reverse it. Never should have been never should have been reversed. There wasn't enough evidence there. Yes, Tom. I agree with Paulie as far as once the play you got both feet in, the play is over. Who cares about what's happening out of bounds? Because if you have to somehow complete the catch, 
while and they're looking at what happened to you out of bounds, then you should be able to complete a tackle out of bounds and not call late hit out of bounds. You're in the process of tackling someone, then finish him off while he's going out of bounds because it matters about catching the ball while you're out of bounds. Yes, yeah, so if you have two feet in and you catch the ball, but you fall out of bounds and drop it, yeah, right, that shouldn't count. No, but, it should. It, but if you have, oh, so it shouldn't be a catch then. No, I that, thought we were saying what happens out of bounds doesn't count. No, it should be a catch. So it should be a catch. But if you're in the middle of the field and you have two feet down and you catch the ball and fall and hit the ground and drop it, is that also still a catch? No. So why is I'm it? Not why fact- is out of bounds is a catch, but inbounds isn't a catch then at that point? You know what I mean? It's the exact same action. It's the no, exact the, same no, motions. Everything. No, the whistle blows. If I catch the ball and I go out of bounds, then the play is dead. If I'm in the field of play and I catch the ball and then I drop it, if I had it, then it might be a fumble. So the whistle's not going to blow on that. So it might be a fumble, might be an incompleted pass. I don't want out of bounds to cause an incompletion. That's, that's the only thing I'm saying here, that Devontae Smith made that catch and they didn't have enough evidence to overturn it. And they did. And Mike Pereira said in the moment, they're looking. It shouldn't be that difficult. If it is, turn, overturn it. Yeah, clear and obvious doesn't take this long. Yes, and that right. was the point I was trying to make. I just think it adds a, a, a deeper, a, you know, another layer for the uh, referees to try to you know, come up with this in real time. And that's the problem. We've made their job so difficult because we keep adding language here. And that's the problem I have. And as a fan, I just, I just want to watch it and go, that was a catch. Not the, I don't know if he, he's the, the nose of the football. Go back to Des Bryant. Try to explain Des Bryant. He can't. Caught it, couple of steps, tried to score a touchdown, incomplete pass. Horrible. Embarrassing. Calvin Johnson, touchdown, getting up to celebrate, drops the ball. Didn't complete the process. Yeah, boy. I want to go back to some of the other rules. David Tyree's helmet catch with Eli Manning, he had the ball against the side of his helmet. Mm. Now, remember when he fell down and Rodney's trying to take it out? The ball almost hits the turf on the back of his head. It didn't, but it was very close. According to the rule, if that ball would have touched the turf and assisted him in any way because he didn't have two hands control, sure. that play might have been waved off. No, I could see where it would be. Easily if it would touch the ground. Because they would say, well, it was moving. But if it, it depends on if it moved when it touched the ground. If it didn't move and touch the ground, they would call it a catch. According to the rule, a receiver, if they're getting help from the ground before they've had control, having one hand against your helmet, I bet they would have said that's not control of the ball mm-hmm. and may have waved that one off. Mm-hmm. I look at it like this. I look at the rule should be somewhere like catching a baby from a burning building. I caught the baby. I'm tripping. It's moving up and down. I don't have it. But if I prevent the baby from hitting the ground, I'm the winner. You know that. You know if you prevent the ball from dropping out of your hands and hitting the ground, let's make that a catch. I don't know if they're going to use that language, Commissioner. The burning baby. Yeah. You know, burning building baby rule. Yes, Mark. New poll question. What do you love talking about more, this or any list? Uh wow. I would say I despise lists. Like this, this is, you know, once a year we might bring this up. There's always, you know, a list coming out, you know, the top 100, you know, the top, they, you know, the list of great quarterbacks. Where's Mahomes on the list of great quarterbacks now? He's got to be number two. Is he three? Yes. We're going to put a list of the top 10 list that you hate. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Ben in Arizona. Hi, Ben. What's on your mind today? Hey, good morning, guys. Uh, Real quick, my Favorite part of the Super Bowl was the uh, Chiefs ring around the Rosie in the red zone. I thought that was amazing. But uh, I'm a born and raised a Wisconsin lifelong Packer fan. I just wanted to talk about the Rogers situation a little bit. I think the whole thing started with some kind of shoddy Adam Schefter reporting, and it's gone to like Mary Hart level. You know, um, people are getting right, mad at Rogers personally because he doesn't really say anything. I get it because you know he doesn't want to lend credence to the situation, but. Was he mad when they drafted, you know, the uh, Valentine's Day quarterback? Sure, but was my wife a little upset when we're on vacation and I flirted with a waitress? Yeah, but I don't hate her for it. So, um, wait, let's go I, back to that story there, Ben. You're flirting with the waitress? Yeah, the waitress uh, said that they had uh, cheese curds, and I said, "Yeah, let's uh, let's get a, let's get some." And we'd already had a couple uh, appetizers in my. So she left to get these purported cheese curds, and my wife's like, ooh, well, let's see what's going on here. And then she brought them back, and they were just cut up 
uh, deep fried mozzarella sticks. I had to, I had to know. I'm from Wisconsin. I, they weren't cheese curds. I'm a connoisseur of those. So is cheese curds code words here in uh, in uh, your relationship? <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, she brings it up. Uh, okay. Cheese is the topic of discussion. All right. Well, thank you, Ben, and good luck with your marriage there. And the cheese curds. We'll keep an eye on that. By the way, you know who I met uh, in person at the meet and greet after one of the shows in Scottsdale. A cheese curds is the conduit to this topic. No, but we did have somebody who brought me spotted cow beer, and they brought me cheese curds. That was awesome. Very, very nice. Do you guys want to guess who came up and introduced themselves? Ooh. Now, what goob? In Arizona was Dude, there. Goob was there. Likeable Goob. Oh, Goob man. came up and said hello, and I was like, Goob. Highlight of the week. Okay. This guy has called in before. Yes, Marv? I forget forget his name. Forgive me. My man, that was an actor on The Wire. Mm. We met him. Oh, who? Who? He was in the courtroom during the Omar uh, scene where he testified in season one. Where'd you meet him? At the meet and greet. Oh, come I didn't see him. I don't think. Yeah, see. Was it that guy who fell asleep on the air the one no, time? No, but somebody asked me about, are we going to go see him at his work? <laughs> the guy who fell asleep. Yeah, Mar. Carl? Carl Mandick. Oh. Oh, yeah, I met Carl Mandick, too. Yeah, he came over. <laughs> you, found some, you found some Mandick in there. Yes, I did. He came, Carl walks up and he goes, hey, Mandick. And I, well, I didn't know what he meant. And I go, uh, all right. Me? He goes, no, no, Carl Mandick. And I go, oh, Carl, how are you? And I guess he, he was a local reporter out there, TV reporter. But uh, <laughs> he stopped by. Got to, got Man to, Dick in the morning yeah. is the name of the show. <sighs> Bob in Montana. Good morning, Bob. What's on your mind today? Hey, DP. So I was one of those idiots who got engaged uh, 30 years ago on Valentine's mm. Day yesterday. So mm-hmm. needless to say, it did not work out. But mm. I'm married now. So, but hey, I got a potential poll question. I'm hoping that Paulie will approve of. So, the biggest NBA story from last week was LeBron being the all-time leading scorer, all the blockbuster trades of the NBA superstars, or the fact that there was only a week left to go until Michael Jordan's 60th birthday. Oh, but you just ruined it. Paulie said, "Oh, guess who turned 60?" And I said, it's an NBA player. And he said, yes. Do you want to still play the game? It seems yeah. a little muted. Let me see if I can guess. Michael Jordan. Turned 60 this week. In celebration of his own birthday, he's <laughs> donating $10 million to Make-A-Wish. And he's hoping other people will follow along. Hmm. Okay. Seems like Michael Jordan could be a, his own Make-A-Wish. Yeah. What would you pay? Let's say, what would you play to pay, play a game of five and five pickup or golf with Michael Jordan? Let's say you had unlimited funds or somewhat unlimited funds. Well, I would... I would say golf because then I'm with him for at least four hours. Then I got an opportunity to talk to him. Uh, I did challenge him to a game of one-on-one at one point. You would think he, if he did a fantasy camp, a Michael Jordan fantasy camp, combo golf, basketball, mm. he could get a million dollars a person. Yeah, but I don't think he – it's like, remember when we said to Usain Bolt, why don't you have a fantasy camp where you have all of these guys who are going to spend – you know, $50,000 for the experience to run a race against Usain Bolt. And and I thought that he looked at it and went, all right, you know, I could see the possibilities there. Yeah, Marv. Michael Jordan has a fantasy camp. If you want to pay $15,000, you can go to senior flight school fantasy camp with Michael Jordan. So anybody in? 15 I got, large? Yep. That's not bad. I got $15. How, how often is he there? Does Mike show up at the beginning and then the end? Or is he going to be there helping me with my drills? I think Randy Brown will probably be Randy helping with the, drill, with the drills. And now Brad Sellers. And here's Craig Hodges. Granville Waiters, come on down. I would like to have Mike. You get one. You get an opportunity to go one-on-one with Mike. What's the Matt Geiger uh, camp? Oh, the, oh, Matt Geiger fantasy camp. <laughs> the Geiger counter. <laughs> uh, last call for phone calls. What we learned, what's in store tomorrow. What a wild show today. Yeah, yeah, that's a wild one. Not as wild as yesterday. Are you sure? Uh, yesterday was pretty wild. Uh, yesterday was really good. I don't know. Today was pretty wild. Yeah, we're all over the map. 
All right, let's take a break. We'll close up shop after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hi, this is Jay Glazer, and you may know me from the world of football or fighting or even shows like HBO's Ballers. What you don't know is for my entire life, I have lived in something I refer to as the gray, depression, anxiety. So now I'm coming out with a new podcast, Unbreakable, a mental health podcast with Jay Glazer, where each week, while we talk about mental health, I hope to describe it. Give it words. Listen to Unbreakable with Jay Glazer on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat. There was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too? It's funny about a battleship. It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you could also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a robot Pachenko machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know, think I can eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds? Or I don't know, take over a minute to down a two-liter? Well, if you have, then you're going to love Pick 6. It's the new fantasy game from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Here's how you play it during the playoffs. Pick between two and six players and choose if they will have more or less of a stat. Rebounds, points, assists, and more. Also, you track your picks, play against others for a shot to win at some big cash prizes. Download the new DraftKings Pick 6 app now. Use the promo code DPSHOW for a chance to win huge cash prizes. That's code DPSHOW. Only on DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick 6 states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. Last call for phone calls. What we learn, what's in store tomorrow. This day in sports history. You know, since uh, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving left, I was curious how many minutes Ben Simmons was going to play. I think he's averaging about 18 minutes a game. And it's he's not changing. For everybody who keeps watching and going, you know, he's getting worse. Well, he's losing confidence there. And it's almost like you got to play him because you're paying him. And, you know, you start to look around. You hope that he can play defense that he can rebound and he can pass. He's not going to change, not anytime soon, unless somebody is able to give him. If if Markel Fultz can turn it around and make it and play well, then Ben Simmons should be able to. Now, Fultz used to be able to shoot. Then he lost that ability to shoot. Now he's gotten it back. Ben Simmons could never shoot. He's not going to get something back that he didn't have. But he should be able to play defense, pass the ball, rebound, and contribute to the Nets. And that's what's surprising when you watch. Not going not to change. 
And and when you know when you get uh, you lose Durant, you lose Kyrie. You need scoring. And this is a guy who averaged what eighteen or nineteen a game, defensive player of the year, All Star. I don't know if he wants to play. I think he likes being a star. I don't know if he he wants to put in the work. Got to be in the lab, man. Yeah, Mar. Yeah, he seems like one of those guys where look, you're tall, you got some athletic ability, go play. And then I become really good at it. I'm sure you've seen guys like that where they're six, you know, seven or whatever. And why do you play? I don't know, because I'm tall. Yeah. <laughs> Seems like that. And then the money comes with it. I wouldn't stop playing basketball either. And then a Kardashian comes with that. Come on now. Yeah. I don't know if he wants to play. I think he likes being a, a, a star celebrity there. She but, left him, though. Yeah. Yeah. She rebounded with uh, Devin Booker. That's right. She said, I need somebody that can shoot. Yeah. <laughs> oh. It's called overcompensating. Yeah, That's he, all he does. He can dribble. I need somebody who can shoot. Whoa. Share a little. Whoa. This day in sports history, Paul. Oh, a couple of good ones. In 1946, Edith Houghton, at age 33, was signed as a baseball scout by the Phillies, becoming the first female scout in major leagues. I've never heard her backstory before. Mm. 1965, NFL teams pledged, pledged to not sign college seniors until they completed all their games, including bowl games. Mm. Here's a great one in one of the great days in NASCAR history. I think on his 20th attempt, Dale Earnhardt Sr. won NASCAR's Daytona 500 for the first time. That was nuts. I can remember watching that one when he went down pit road. Everybody came yeah, out congratulations. Yeah. Good TV. That's right. On this day, 1996, one of the greatest coaches in sports history was fired. 1996. Todd? That would be Bill Belichick was dismissed from the Browns. Yes, it was. Boom, nailed it. Yeah. Let's go, Todd. Also, on this day, was that scoreboard? That was one of the oh, scoreboards. Okay, Daryl Green's birthday and uh, the year that Belichick was let go. Okay, on this date, in 2018, this player recorded the fastest triple-double in NBA history. It took him less than 15 minutes to record a triple-double. Marvin, I'm going to start with you. You're the NBA expert. LeBron? No. Paulie? James Harden? No. Todd. Ray Allen. <laughs> what year was it? 2018. Oh, I should have I asked what the year was. No, you should have listened. 11. Ah. You should have listened. That usually helps. Ray Allen. Steph? Uh, no. The Joker. He had... Uh, Joker. He had... In 14 minutes and 33 seconds, had a triple-double against the Bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Not Ray Allen. Ooh. Not Ray Allen in 2018. Ooh. Yeah, Terry Cummings? No, it wasn't Terry Cummings either. Ricky Pierce? No, not Ricky Pierce. I loved Allen Iverson. I loved Ricky Pierce. Came off the bench? Sixth man, yeah. Okay. Had no problem coming off the bench there. like that. Uh, let's see. JR in California. Hi, JR. What's on your mind today? Well, Dan, I know you don't probably keep track of all the bets that you make, but uh, I called in when Patrick Mahomes signed his big contract back in 2020. And I thought he, they had just bet the farm and weren't going to win another mm. Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So I bet you that uh, he would never win one, so I'm calling to pay off my bet. Yeah, man, do, you have, do you even recall what we might have bet on that? I do not recall, JR. We bet around a golf at Pebble, but that wasn't good enough for you. I had to buy drinks afterwards. Because so that's more I'm... expensive. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, I just have to get to Pebble to uh, have that bet pay off. But uh, thank you, JR, for calling up. Yes, Paul. Maybe an alternate punishment for him. He can get, like, the Mahomes haircut. He has to grow his hair oh. and have it froed, you know, like, mm. permed in. What's wrong with my haircut? Mm. <laughs> oh, he has to hang out with Jackson Mahomes. Oh. No. Oh. No. Uh, maybe he does a dance routine with Jackson Mahomes. Okay. Yeah. Do you see where Mahomes was getting interviewed on the field and his brother was there dancing, doing his TikTok nonsense? <sighs> God, man. That's like an eight-year-old. The people who aren't stars or didn't make the money love to act like they're the stars and made the, made the money. That's unfortunate. Let's go around this room and what we learned on this program. Todd, I'm going to start with you. What did you learn today? At halftime, Andy Reid said if you want to go watch Rihanna, you can just keep on walking, he told his Chiefs players. Yeah, Orlando Brown Jr. joined us. He said, hey, you're going to go out and watch? You just keep walking. Seton O'Connor, what would you learn? Orlando Brown Jr., good guy. Yeah, I like him. Had a lot of fun with yeah, the offensive nice. tackles. Marvin? 
AD said the Lakers need to win more than lose. Yes, they. <laughs> Paulie? Orlando Brown, second tallest person on the show today. I just learned Discover credit cards do something pretty awesome at the end of your first year that they automatically double all the cash back you've earned. Everything you've earned. Doubled. Cash back, trips, restaurants, all doubled. How great is that? Discover.com slash match. Thanks for the phone calls, emails, tweets, the all-around support. Make sure you sign up for the newsletter at danpatrick.com. We'll talk to you tomorrow. One more item as we close out this show. Mercedes-Benz Sprinter Van. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Mercedes. Always quality. Seaton and the French kid took it cross-country. All right, maybe there's a scratch there. But you know what? It's broken in when we gave it away. The Sprinter Van is built, designed, equipped to let you hit the open road. There's so many great designs that you can have. Now, there's 16 body types. You can choose if you want gas or diesel engine, but thousands of ways to customize. I have to admit, I went on the website and I just started looking at how you could customize your Sprinter Van. Man, amazing. Sprinter Van, capable, versatile, enough to help drive your ambitions. There's room there. Everything you need, you want to add, they've got it for you. You can check all those big, bold, fun, and exciting experiences off your bucket list as well. Take a test drive. Now's the time. Discover what moves you the most. Don't wait. Unlock your potential. Inside a Mercedes-Benz Sprinter van. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.